Okay. It is the Ministry of the Dynasty, your pop love podcast. It is the Ministry of the Dynasty. And Haima Black in here for the 50th Dynasty show, but we haven't been doing the Ministry of the Dynasty in its proper form for some time now. And who am I in here in the studio with? Desiree. Desiree. Welcome back. Thank you. After an extended hiatus. <laughs> So it is the Ministry of the Dynasty. I'm currently doing a podcast called Chicago vs. United. That focuses a lot on strictly Chicago music and culture, and this is going to look at kind of the more national scene, right? Yeah, broadening our horizons. Absolutely. Bigger and better, Mm -hmm. culture at large, pop culture, pop love. You can find this show, we're probably going to do it every other week for right now, and then I bet once summer hits it's going to ramp up. But right now you can find all the Ministry of the Dynasty content and all the past content at theministryofthedynasty.com. So we got a full show We've got the members of Darkwave Disco who are going to be in here talking about their five-year anniversary, Mark Gertz and Greg Corner. We've got Jacob from The Faint and Depressed Buttons who's playing the show with them. Jaguar Love. You better Love. talk faster because we have a lot of, a I know, lot of yeah. awesome guests. We there's, a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot going on. I interviewed Johnny Whitney of The Blood Brothers and Jaguar Love recently at South by Southwest. Dan Black, we've got a segment with him from when he was in town uh, in Chicago at Shuba's very recently. And at the end of the show, Desiree, one of these things is not like the other. Dakota Fanning and Kirsten Stewart at the end of the show. Literally. Right. Yeah. People he, in the he studio. He literally like, got to interview literally, Kirsten Stewart and Dakota Fanning. Literally Kirsten Stewart and Dakota Fanning. That's not a joke. They're actually at the end of this show. Totally unlike Your everything else. bombed, but you did get to oh my interview God, them nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. It's so worth hearing. So that's at the end of the show. We're going to get to some other content before that. Dan Black, who Greg Corner in the studio described as uh what was your description i said like he's like radiohead with like a hip-hop influence maybe like the streets or something radiohead but he's got more he's more rhythmic than the streets so it's like more i don't know i like it i love his record yeah uh he was in town at shuba's in chicago and he's going to be playing chicago again this summer at Lollapalooza. so if you missed him at shuba's you can get to see him at grant park but i got to speak to him a little bit about the differences between the u.s and the uk touring scene and he was mostly just marveling at how people eat in this country and how there's cheese and bacon on everything. Hey, hey. You know what? I, I can I I can say a lot about the UK and eating. They put mayonnaise on everything yeah. over there. Okay, that sounds. Good. And their kebabs aren't kebabs. It's just a chicken in a pita. That's what they call a kebab over there. So I, you know what? Me and him can go head to head on this food thing. French <laughs> might be one thing. France might be one thing. But British people have no nothing to say about food and how Americans eat. I'll, I'll take shit from any other country. <laughs> well, let's hear what Battered, he has to say. They, they <laughs> Batter fish to death and call it <laughs> Dan Black <laughs> recently at Shuba's. This is how that interview sounds. It's the Ministry of the Dynasty. Hi, my Black here with Dan Black. You've been doing a couple U.S. dates. How has that been treating you so far? It's been treating me very well. Before I was solo, I'd been in many projects. Mm-hmm. And we'd always toured, and I toured a lot around the world, but weirdly never, except one show, had never come to the U.S. So I haven't done it for such a long time. To now finally be spending so much time here and exploring the U.S. is massive pleasure and really super interesting so yeah i'm loving it how does touring and performing in the u.s differ from you know anywhere else in the world i mean i know that everything is going to be a different experience wherever you are but kind of what as a visitor what is the u.s performance experience like well the problem is you can't really generalize about the u.s because literally like in in some towns like we played two shows in la and one was like in the middle and one was on the 
sort of more in the suburbs and the shows were super super different the crowds were different so you can't even generalize about a town let alone the country so i'm a bit loath to one, i guess one of the things that's quite obviously the scale of everything is you know everywhere's a long way apart there's quite extreme differences which is really fascinating so it's a bit like europe but one big country I guess there's a, a consistent one consistent thing is people being amazingly passionate about music I mean not that they aren't outside but there's a real yeah there's like a consistent I don't know countries uh, the USA is basically a country full of people who've sought something out they didn't most people that live here fled something and chased something new be it your ancestors whatever so there's like a genetic sort of excessive passion all the people that stay behind are like are a bit kind of whatever whereas you haven't there's a slight feeling of people in the USA are, are people who descend are descended from people who see who wanted to see something and, and you can feel that in the, in the audience to a degree there's a kind of voracious appetite so you've been feeling a very passionate response people are familiar with your music yeah surprisingly yeah considering I've only been yeah I've only put a record out about four weeks ago or something yeah it's quite it's amazing well, I think that's kind of the age we live in, where even if a record totally. is only been out a couple of weeks, or even if it's not out for a couple of weeks, yeah. bands just, you know, artists have these huge buzzes, and people get really passionate as soon as they hear the first song, you know? I mean, you look at an act like um, the Teenagers from France, and they had that one single, Homecoming. They didn't have an album come out until, like, a year after that, and yeah. people were just... By the time the album came out, it was almost like yeah, kind of I the end of the run. Yeah. So One of the things I thought was interesting on your Twitter is you were... Uh, talking about how in the U.S. it seems like every single food item comes with cheese or bacon. What's your response been like to the food here? Does it, is it different? Is it Does it seem more excessive? or It's definitely more excessive. Like, portions are really big, and there's just so many food. Like, I just, like, the only businesses I see are food-based, right? It seems <laughs> like the whole country's built on the production and consumption of food. Not that's a bad thing. I say, hey, one of my <laughs> principal pleasures is eating. But um, yeah, it does get... I mean, I'm, I, I like to eat junk, and I like to eat really healthy. I like that, you know, I like to do the gamut of food. And certainly recently, when we've... Certain places we've been, I've, it's been very difficult to just find something. Like, you order a salad, I'm like, okay, I just want to eat something light and simple. And even you order a salad, and it comes with uh, hidden <laughs> sauces and hidden meats and, and stuff like What? I just want, like, a salad. But um, but then at the same time, there's um, you know, there's a lot of amazing, wonderful food. That's a problem, you know. I, right. I'm ne- I, I, at home to not eat. I have the taste of. I've said this before. I have generally have the taste of a, of a small child when it comes to food, <laughs> and I really like uh, sort of sweet, sugary kids' food. And, uh, so at home, I tend not to ever have that around me or in the house because if it's there, I'll just eat it. I'm not very good at out of sight and out, out out of mind with me so here it's everywhere and around you and every time you walk in any shop there's like oh amazing you know marshmallow covered donuts or whatever so it's like uh <laughs> yeah it's quite full on yeah you need to check out kuma's corner it's a burger place here in chicago that okay. does all heavy metal burgers heavy metal burgers yeah they have slayer burgers they have black sabbath mastodon i mean the burgers are like nobody here in this can see this but they're huge wow and it's just like i've caught a few of um it's a show called man versus food or something right right. and i think he i don't know if it's here but he has a couple of run-ins with like hamburgers that are just literally the size of a man's head 
Well, I find that slightly baffling, but yeah. Well, Dan Black, it's great to talk to you here in Chicago. Thank you for taking a second. And you, two blacks together. <laughs> Dan Black on the Ministry of the Dynasty. Desiree, you love your bacon, though. Oh, yeah. So I love bacon, bacon on everything. Right. But Dan Black, fantastic artist. And again, he's touring a lot this year and he's playing Chicago as part of this year's Lollapalooza. And speaking of festivals, another artist that I recently spoke to at South by Southwest, Johnny Whitney, people might know him from the Blood Brothers. They're no longer together. Johnny Whitney, one of the singers, he is now in Jaguar Love. I caught up with him at South by Southwest and we talked a little bit. He actually played a house party in Chicago the other night, too, which was out of control. It was like something out of a movie. I miss that. Yeah, you should have been there. You filled me in, though. <laughs> yeah. But we'll party this week with Darkwave. But here's Johnny Whitney on the Ministry of the Dynasty. Hi, my black at South by Southwest on the unofficial first night of the music here with Johnny Whitney, Jaguar Love, uh, former Blood Brothers, and a million other projects. How's it going, man? It's going great, man. How are you? How has the tour been going so far? You've been fucking awesome, man. Like, um, you know, I really feel like the the reaction to our first record was kind of mirrored our sentiments about the record going into it, which was that we like didn't really know what we wanted to do. We just wanted to be a band. You know, after it was like kind of just a reaction to being done with this like decade long band and, and just trying to pick up the pieces and try to be and figure out how to be an artist, but not just be a, like a carbon copy of like what we had been doing for the past 10 years. And the reaction of the audience seems like it's been kind of for that record was just kind of like people also didn't really know what to think. And it was just kind of like, well, this is good, but not great. And that's how I, you know, I've been it reflect, reflecting on it. That's how I feel about it. With this record, man, like, since people have heard the record and it's, like, been in people's possession, like, the reaction has just been, like, could not be more different. I mean, it's just been, like, we've done, like, six shows up to this point so far, and uh, they're not, like, you know, 500 people at the show or anything, but everybody that's there is, like, dancing. I mean, tonight was, like, maybe the exception to the rule so far, but it's been, like, a fucking party every single night. It's been awesome. Well, you know what? I mean, and this new record, Hologram Jams, that just came out this month, but this is, it sounds like you at the top of your game, man. It really does. I mean, I, I've listened to Blood Brothers, and I've listened to um, Neon Blonde, and there's just so much fucking energy on this record Thanks. from start to finish, yeah. so. We tried to keep it consistent, you know, like we, we started off writing uh, I Started a Fire and Polaroids were like the two songs we wrote, and basically like, after we kicked Jay out of the band, we mandated our to just write a non-eclectic record and write a record that just was like this theme of like really hyper uh, sort of like somewhat abrasive dance music, you know, and just like use it as a blueprint to make like a whole record. And, and so that was it was it was super streamlined in, in that in that sense that we just you know we knew what we were doing and set out to do it and like that was it, you know. Well, you know, it's interesting too because you you mentioned hyper and this record is very hyper. Active. And a lot of artists, as they've put out a number of records, and you've got a number of records under your belt now, but a lot of artists mellow out, yeah. not even necessarily with age, but just, uh, you know, with with experience. And you're not even anywhere close to that. Do you ever see a point where you're, like, releasing an acoustic album, or is it always going to be? I've been trying to write a folk album for the past 10 years, and I just can't do it. I don't know. I can't. you got to shriek. I've got, I, dude, I have, like, literally probably, like, 30 folk songs I've written in my lifetime, and I just... I, rec 
record them and then I don't. I don't listen to them again after that. But I don't. I mean, as long as people are coming and having a good time, I'm gonna write music that makes people want to move. Cause I think that our music is just generally best like felt and not like just like listened to. You know, it's not like a spectator sport. It's like a sort of like there's an interaction. You know what I mean? Um, final question. You played in front of many crowds. Uh, new wave electro crowds or hardcore crowds? Which which are crazier? It's the same crowd. I don't, we haven't really broken into, you know, at, despite our music being sort of more in that genre, we have not, like, besides we toured with Patrick Wolf this summer, that's sort of like electro-y, but like mm-hmm. most of the people that, you know, to be totally honest, most people that come to our shows are people that came to Blood Brothers shows. There's not, there's maybe like 25% of the people that are like new converts. So, um, you know, that's all to come hopefully and it all kind of depends on which way the dice roll. But, you know, the way that I've always done strategically, like touring, like, dude, Blood Brothers never got crazy awesome tour offers to tour with other bands. We just forged our own path. We like went out and toured by ourselves like for years and just built our own thing. And that's, I think that's kind of, despite what seems like might be an easier trajectory for the band, I think that's just the way it's going to be. Like, we're just going to make our own path, make our own. Yeah, because we don't, we're, we're electro-y, but we're not electro. Like, we don't, you know, we sound sort of like Passion Pit or like sort of like, you know, Neon Indian or MGMT or something like that, but we don't sound like them at all. Like, Those bands don't shriek. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just different. You know, we just, and I don't mean that in an egotistical way whatsoever, but like, I know that what I do is like somewhat unclassifiable by people. So it's kind of, it's, kind of, it's awesome. I, I love like having that reaction to people, but it's, uh, it's just difficult. You know, it's just like our own, we're our own beast or whatever. So Awesome. Johnny Whitney. Cool. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Johnny Whitney on the Ministry of the Dynasty. You can find out more by Googling Jaguar Love. Check out his music. I think his record, Hologram Jams, is one of the most amazing fun records I've heard this year. Speaking of party jams, in the studio right now with Greg Corner and Mark Gertz of Darkwave Disco. How's it going? Good. Good. How are you, Emma? Very well. We're excited to have you guys back in here. It's been a while, but you know. Yeah, I know. When was the last time? I know we did this a while. Was it before Lala, maybe? Between Kill Hannah and Darkwave. We're always on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> You guys have your five-year anniversary this year, correct? Yeah, five years we've been doing this. Like, it started actually March of 2005, I believe. My first one, I think, was April of 2005, where I where I actually DJed. But Mark started the party in March of 2005. So, what was it? Was Jordan Z the first guest? No, Tobias was. Oh, it Tobias. Was just Miguel, Tobias, Burblinger, and me. And then Paul was the host. Arturo wasn't on yet. Yeah, yeah. Doing visuals, but. I, we did the one-year anniversary in April, too, when the rest of you guys yeah, came yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. We were here for that, too. Yeah. That was the first time we were, one of the first times we were on. You it know, seems I, like forever ago, but yet just yesterday, kind of. Yeah. It's the same, but different. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about the kind of the history of the party and just where parties in general and events are going. But let's run down these events happening in Chicago this week. Um, blow the speakers happening this Thursday at Subterranean, right? Yeah, yes. with uh, Jeremy of Shining Toy Guns. And, and uh, we also have our friend Hiroki. It's his birthday, so mm-hmm. we invited him. He's always been he's been a you know DJ for a long time in Chicago and kind of part of the old rave scene. He's always wanted to play a dark wave and stuff, and this just happened to fall on his birthday. So I'm like, all right, you can finally play for you know play with us. And he's like, I'm going to school you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's see what happens. And then mm-hmm. um, Action Adventure, the new up-and-comers. From Columbia, right? Yeah. From Columbia yeah. College. Yeah, yeah, the new Kyles. 
Yeah. <laughs> there can only be one kid color. Always. <laughs> He's out on tour right now. And yeah. Blow the speakers for anyone who doesn't know the difference. What's what's kind of the major differentiation between blow the speakers and the regular dark wave disco party? Well, mainly it's a 17 over party, you know. So you know, dark wave has always been 21 and over. And this is the first time we've actually had like a headliner, like a out of town headliner in for blow the speakers. It's usually just um, you know locals. And I'm, there's not much of a difference, you know. We, it's always been about the music, you know, and um, it, it's about a, a sound and, and, you know, encouraging our DJs to play what they want instead of playing stuff to get people to dance or win a crowd over or whatever. I'm kind of just, that's kind of gone in such a horrible direction, I, I feel, these days where not enough DJs, especially in Chicago, can play what they want to play. And, um, you know, the people and, and, and the crowds have definitely become a little bit more, um, I don't know if it's jaded or what but they just don't want to hear new music and this way we don't have to worry about we can just worry about DJing and not sneaking people into the party oh, yeah. <laughs> this time it's legal which has been the dark wave disco tradition for a long time <laughs> so that's Thursday record, night I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's all Greg <laughs> so that's Thursday night and then Friday is the actual dark wave disco five year anniversary party now um, is it five yes. years to the day five years to the month, month. The month. five years, five to, the years month. to the month yeah. wow um, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't know. The, what party, was... the party itself has kind of been on hiatus since last September. What? Uh, no, August. August. Yeah, yeah. Right we... after Lollapalooza, we did the last actual dark wave disco, like dark wave disco party with Teenage Bad Girl. Yeah, it's so. second. I mean, it was good. It went well. The music was great, but it was like a sign of the times. Like nobody wanted to pay a twelve dollar cover to yeah. come out. I, it was a good party, but it wasn't. It wasn't a financially success yeah, yeah. or just a kind of like slap in the face like okay like, we need to re- figure out like how things are going to be in the future and restructure things and yeah because the djs were from paris they didn't have fun they came all the way from paris and like that was probably the best party for them to play in chicago at the time right and it still wasn't a good party it was more of like a mixer than a, a party you know and dark wave was always like the time for all of us to like play the music we wanted have all our friends come out and just go nuts it was like having our own party well i mean it that's that's how i looked at it yeah. you know and i know mm-hmm. back in the day when there was a sign attack and dark wave was a monthly there that was where you knew you were going to see everybody right. it was like our yeah. cheers if you haven't <laughs> yeah yeah that's where everyone would always kind of like yeah regroup and if you haven't seen people out in a while it's like okay well i'll see you at dark wave for sure there were people you wouldn't hang out with be there. outside of dark wave but then you'd see them and you'd be like oh cool what's up right hey, so- you know you know what that sounds like what sounds like kill hannah in 98 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And we were, That's I mean, always good to hear, like, from that sounds, perspective. That sounds like graduation for Kill Hannah fans right there. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. I was always, like, focused on putting the party together yeah. and just throwing a good party. Never really, like, opened my how, eyes and how saw, How do you guys like, feel about... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, no, no, but no, how, how do you guys feel about seeing as how the majority of parties now are basically, you know, I, I don't think any of the parties now would really be around if it wasn't for Dark Wave doing what you guys did. At least, I mean, that's my opinion. I, how do you guys yeah, feel I, about that? I know you I guys had, are really modest, but. Even when I had Michael Wigan <laughs> here the other day. I, I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't attribute the success of other parties to us. I mean, I guess we were the first ones to go against the grain and kind of throw a party that we just wanted all our friends to come to and and hear the music that we wanted to hear. We weren't expecting it to turn into what it did. I mean, like you were saying, a place for, like, everyone like-minded to get together and, you know, the first big-scale party of its kind in Chicago that wasn't house music-based. I mean, now we love. Yeah, I know. Now it's like we're we're seeing Derek Carter last night. We're like, oh, God, I haven't heard this in forever. (laughs) House music. Dark Wave and and another party that Desiree and I had all the time, uh, do you know what I'm going to say? 
No, what? Retro Trash Electro Clash. Oh, those, yeah. Yeah. those are the two in Chicago that I think that kind great. of established the framework for a lot of what's happening right now. I agree. But yeah, I mean, I, as far as other parties go, you know, I think it's not easy to have a successful party in the city, and everyone thinks it is, you know? And it's, it's really a challenge. And it took Mark, myself, Miguel... Paul, Arturo, you know, and everybody involved in the party to bring different friends together. It was like a super group. You know, yeah. And it, you and guys were like a like, DJ production super group. Yeah, and, and I guess like from before then, DJs were never booked for being promoters. Yeah. And I would say after Darkway Disco, clubs were booking DJs as promoters, mm-hmm. you know? So for better or for worse, we kind of like maybe started that kind of trend. Now, um, we never expected to like come out. The party itself has been, again, on hiatus for like eight months now but we've been playing we've been touring we've been playing more now than we did when dark wave was actually a party yeah we never expected it to turn into that to like us becoming like this dj group which is great i mean i'm it's the next step i think yeah, i didn't but... even know i mean when dark wave first started i didn't even know how to beat match or dj really so i greg learned... i remember being at elm player. street liquors when <laughs> yeah. you called i was there at the moment and you called gertz and i i don't know why this stuck in my head but i thought it was such a funny memory and you're on the phone and you're like mark I beat match. So I'm like, I think I can do this. So, yeah. it was, it's so. like a child taking awesome. its first yeah, steps. Yeah. <laughs> now, you guys have done touring, too, you know, and not just looking at the Chicago scene, but nationally. What's going on with kind of the DJ and event culture nationally? Where is it going? What are you guys seeing when you're out there? So used to being in Chicago and just uh, getting a little I mean, jaded, I guess, and just thinking, like, God, it's the scene is dying or like on the decline it'll come back but right now it's whatever but then we go to these other little cities specifically in the midwest well you were just in san diego but yeah what i've seen in the midwest and there are these raging parties that were like that are like how dark wave disco yeah, was yes. five years ago yeah. like in springfield missouri we were there about a month ago and i was like oh my yeah, god like these kids are like crowd surfing <laughs> yeah and... our friend johan does this party and uh called um, black, black box, box review. review yeah and it's awesome then we did another party in omaha where it was like totally crazy and it's like, it's just so refreshing leaving the city and realizing I've almost become dumb DJ-wise because you have to play so many, like, hit songs or, like, songs people know to get people to dance and, and stuff in Chicago. And when you go out of town, I refuse you, can, to. you can play, like, <laughs> kind of, like, whatever you want and people accept it. And it's like, wow, how come there's that in Chicago? I just was in San Diego and it blew my mind. I went to this club called Voyeur. It's probably the best club I've been to in the, in the world. Really, I mean, I've I've been to a lot of clubs around the you know the world, and it's probably the, one of the best ones that had this huge LED wall that was the whole wall, and the DJ booth was in front of it, and it had like a balcony, and it was, it was just it was totally set up great. And it's because the owner loves music, and he books like I was there on a Thursday, and I saw Harvard Bass. I think it was like a twenty dollar cover, and there were six hundred people there or eight hundred people there, wow. totally raging until two a.m. And it was 21 and over, and um, they were asking for autographs afterwards and clapping when the DJ ended. And I'm wow. like, that never. Uh-huh. That's in San Diego. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I'm know. like, and, and I'm like, that can't happen in Chicago. What the hell is going on? San Diego is such a conservative city. Yeah, and yeah. And and, and and LA I mean, is kind. That's why. I mean, LA right now is definitely like the the hub for you know electronic music. Like the biggest parties are happening out there. A lot of DJs are coming out there. A lot of music's being made out there. And really, Chicago's been really lacking in production and and 
and kind of like DJs kind of coming out here. And and I think there there's probably an untapped resource, and there's probably a lot of kids making music and you just don't know about them yet. Part but, about and, that. And it, but there's no no one to no one's tipping up the game. Well, no, 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 not so much that. There's no one to further on the culture. Mm-hmm. So if these kids want to play this kind of music, there's nowhere to do it. Yeah. You know. And so they you, that's why you don't know about it because they they can't get out there. And it and it's just it's sad, you know. And I really that's one of the reasons why I do blow the speakers is to further on dance music culture, you know, because I really feel like it's dying in Chicago. For the next generation. And yeah, and, and it's also like, you know, same things happen in New York. The party jam DJs, the way, it's funny, you know, Steve Aoki was the first one we kind of hear to do that, and now he's playing like motor and hardcore techno when he DJs. And, and same thing with Frankie Chan. When we first met Frankie Chan, he was playing like Beyonce and party jams, and he's like, wow, you guys really take this DJing thing seriously. We're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we like electronic music. <laughs> and the next LA thing, you know, mind, and the like... next thing you know, iHeart Comics is all fucking electro bangers right you know and right. um it's cool like i'm glad those guys like made the change you know but it, it's just on that you know, same note though it's like nothing i love la don't get me wrong but it's like without this sounding the wrong way nothing original comes from there everything is <laughs> until like now. contrived and until like now until now being that they're the epicenter of like hipster parties and like good music that's it's like but until now i mean there is some great artists coming out like la like Riots, tommy said did, once that's yeah. gonna hit a bubble at some point well, yeah but every city wall, every rather. every city does and, just like chicago yeah did, you know so yeah. it's like whatever chicago is soul though well what? yeah it's got history you know it's the it's the birthplace of house music so all right well, next question what do you yeah. guys <laughs> what what do you want either locally or nationally what do, what would you ideally like to see happen what would kind of i would like to see more promoters coming up and djs coming up that take a stance have a sound I have agree. have like a direction yeah. and play the music they want i was gonna say in general yeah. or for us i know <laughs> So, well, I liked dark waves. It's so nice speaking. to hear you guys say that because, like, the, these are things me and Haima talk about all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm not like a DJ. Like, I don't know. You know, maybe it's just my opinion. But I, you know, I really think that and, it, and, and it's here's, great. Here, anyone can be a DJ now. Okay, anyone right. can be a DJ. And anyone can be. A promoter. Well, if you have a laptop, Serato, you have to own like, a laptop. It, it all comes. It, it all comes down to business. Yeah. And here's the thing: it's like if you have a club and you get 300 kids in there and you're playing the music you want, everyone will be. Like, oh, let's do that. You know, like, so the more people that do that and the more people that have friends that want to hear that kind of music, I totally encourage, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you have integrity, like, we've never been worried about, like, oh, who's going to steal our thunder? Like, who's going to come up behind and Mm -hmm. rip us off? It's been, like, if somebody can be successful and we influence them and they have integrity musically and have good taste, good for them. That's wonderful. You guys have never been big on pushing people out of the culture and trying to kind of dominate the, the market, really. I mean, it's like, what's the point? I mean, we've, we're focused on. Well, I mean, the thing is with Darkwave and the party, and yeah, with Darkwave, it's like we always wanted to bring in artists <laughs> that you know that we enjoyed and that we wanted to break in the city or you know encourage other people to listen to and enjoy. It just became harder and harder to do that as we kind of came in before the whole electro thing blew up with like the Justice and the Mastercraft and Digitalism and all that right. stuff. Once that blew up, it became harder and harder to book DJs because their rates went higher and higher through the because booking that agencies. Because was the culture, and they were the. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is like, that's kind of also the same time what hurt dance music culture in Chicago is because no one can afford to have those DJs um, for a party that, you know, only had like 400, 500 people, you know? Business-wise, it's just it's just really hard to do that. It seems in like Chicago. in Chicago the, the Justice New Year's Eve party was one of the last huge blowout motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, well, there's, there, was the, there was the Halloween one with Chromeo and Mastercraft, oh, right, I think, too. Right. That, I mean, yeah. Lucas King throws some really big parties, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. he's doing another one at Soldier Field with, like, Dead Mouse and uh, Designer Drugs. In the parking wow. lot? 
Yeah. No, like like no, like like the like the field can Jason. Okay. Or Jason too. Oh, I was like, yeah. I mean, that yeah. guy's yeah. an wow. old club promoter though, and like knows how to get sponsors yeah, yeah. and money together. And yeah. He's good at he's good at the business end. And but I mean, it's it's like really other than him, him and Smart Bar are the only ones that bring in DJs from around the country and world to DJ in Chicago. Other than that, there is nobody because mm-hmm. it's so hard to um, afford to bring, you know, headline DJs out, like out-of-town DJs. Even if it's just like a, you know, not that much of a um, fee, you still have to pay for hotel and flights. And then, like, if there's two guys in it, it's just... Unless you have the, corporate sponsorship yeah. money anymore, I mean, the economy is 90% of it. Yeah, People yeah. don't mm-hmm. or just can't pay to get into parties anymore. They can't yeah. pay $15 covers, even $10 covers. Yeah. That's what I like about Beauty Bar, where we're, well, we're going to do Dark there for the anniversary party and kind of see where to take it from there but their whole thing is that they will never do more than a five dollar cover to get in which i think yeah. is awesome yeah. great. You know? awesome. so yeah yeah and and that party we didn't really get to hit this but you know that party happening friday at beauty bar the new beauty bar in chicago you've got uh members of the faint djing as depressed buttons and gemini club from chicago yeah and- they're like one of my favorite new like Axe bands, I think they're mm-hmm. great. So. Yeah, no, they're really, really good. And Butch Cassidy of Chances Dances, and I mean that sounds like a great party. Oh yeah, definitely. And, I mean, I, what I'm most excited about is to see all the old faces come out. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people that we haven't seen in a long time. I, I really hope they do come out because I, I do miss the camaraderie we had at Darkwave. You know, everyone was there to see each other and have fun and listen to good music, which rarely happens nowadays. You yeah, know? that was the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and also I'm excited to meet new faces that heard about Darkwave Disco that never went and hopefully we can show them a good time. And that's in a way what Blow the Speakers is for. Yeah, yeah. Going forward, what else is coming up on you know on Darkwave Disco's radar? Are you guys gonna maybe do a residency at Beauty Bar, do more national touring, or? Well, you know we're doing a party stuff? with the Midnight Conspiracy guys, right? Um, at Beauty Bar called Die Tonight. Like we're gonna be working with them on that, and we then did a, we did it last weekend. Yeah, yeah the, last weekend with uh, Daniel from Ladytron. It went really well. Yeah, and then you know we'll probably be playing some out of town gigs over the summer, and we've been working, working away, just trying to get our original music done because like really that's the only step. Left Left for us to do it's still I mean, coming yeah so. <laughs> so the party sounds awesome you guys are playing with jacob from the faint and depressed buttons and he's on the line right now how's it going man good thanks what's up jacob it's mark hey how's it going who is that uh, mark hey, hey. <laughs> we're finally gonna we're finally gonna be in the same city at the at the same time i know it's like kind of last time <laughs> how's omaha omaha is lovely all the trees are flowering and you know it's that time of year so you guys are playing this Friday in Chicago as Depressed Buttons. How is that project going? Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, there were some things that, we, that I personally wanted to do with the last Faint record that didn't kind of didn't happen, and so it's a little bit more uh, creatively satisfying for myself. I don't want to I don't want to speak for everyone, but for myself at least. What kind of sound is Depressed Buttons against the Faint? Like, is it more of a live uh, band thing or more of a DJ actor? Yeah, more DJ friendly, uh, more electronic. If I don't know, I mean, no, there's no guitars or live drums or anything. It's just all electronics. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're 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 recording and and mixing our uh, original stuff, kind of like on a monthly basis. I don't know. It's just a, it's a lot of fun. I can't wait for people to hear it, but we kind of are. I don't know. Waiting till we've made more, we finish more tracks before we start releasing them. Have you guys done a party with Darkwave before? I know The Faint has, but I can't remember if Depressed Buttons has. Well, it was basically us. I mean, it was the same dudes. (laughs) So just, you know, under whatever name, it's... So are you going to be playing some uh, original music then um, on Friday? Um, Maybe. 
I don't know for sure. We, I mean, Clark and I were kind of going to get together and work out what tracks we wanted to play. Probably some remixes that we've done at least. Okay, cool. Is it just you and Clark now, or is Todd still involved? Todd's involved, but Todd's um, Todd's schedule is is uh, he's like moving again. So that's cool. Yeah. What's going on with uh, with the faint right now? What's the the status? I know you guys have a label that you launched with this last record. Um, yeah, we started that label, and um, we are hoping to put out some of our friends' stuff and some of our side projects and things, um, at least digitally, you know, and then, like, when, when there's an opportunity to do, like, an, an interesting vinyl release or whatever, you know, if that's warranted, I guess. The Faint, it, we still are... We've been talking about doing some shows, and we're definitely doing a show in Omaha in the summer, but I don't know. It's pretty, the fame is pretty laid back now. Like, we're not really trying to work on any music at the moment, and everybody's kind of like pursuing other projects. So, I don't really know what to say. We haven't, we haven't even discussed what we're hoping to do with the faint all that much. Well, if people are fans of of the members of the Faint and the kind of music that you guys create and hearing hearing you guys DJ, then this Friday would be the time to get out to Beauty Bar, get to the Dark Wave Disco yes, uh, five year anniversary party. So I know I I am going to have a good time that night, <laughs> as we do. Stay for a couple of days. We have, we have a weekend planned a bit. Uh, uh, fall into a black hole. <laughs> Jacob, thanks Perfect. so much for taking a second to be on the phone. Uh, yeah, it's kind of absolutely. an impromptu thing, but we're definitely it's looking cool. forward. I was just coming to pick up some Chinese food, and it wasn't ready. So. <laughs> it's the perfect time to do a podcast interview. <laughs> like, oh, cool. I have, I have some time to kill. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we will see you this Friday at Beauty Bar, and thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> see you, Jacob. Okay. Bye. Peace. Well, that was awesome to get Jacob on the phone. And uh, I know everybody's looking forward to Depressed Buttons, members of the Faint, this Friday at the Dark Wave Disco five-year anniversary party at Beauty Bar. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I hope to see everyone there, new faces and all the old faces, too. So, And who, who knows what's going to happen after hours? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Party at Greg's. Yeah. Party at Greg's. <laughs> but I don't know. I still have to talk to my roommates and stuff, so it's not confirmed. Where's the best place for people to find out information about Dark Wave? Is it still your MySpace? Is it your website? You know, it, it, we kind of, Miguel kind of handles like a lot of the online stuff, so he's updated the darkwavedisco.com and MySpace and Facebook. Awesome. So I'd say darkwavedisco.com is probably the best. Well, but also, precise, like, but also add us, also add us on Facebook too. Like, yeah, as it, we have a fan page on Facebook, so. Fucking A. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Mark Gertz and Greg Corner, Dark Wave Disco, and Greg of, so, of Kilhanna, of course. Thank you so much for coming up. Yeah. Um, we'll see you next year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the sixth year. It's good yeah. to be here again. Thanks for yeah. having yeah. us. Absolutely. Yes. It's been a really full show to recap Dan Black, Jaguar Love, Dark Wave Disco, Jacob from The Faint and Depressed Buttons. It's not bad for a 50th anniversary show, right? Not bad at all. Yeah. So. 50 Dynasty podcasts and many, many more on the way. But something we teased at the very beginning of the show that I think people probably thought I was bullshitting about. (laughs) Kirsten Stewart and Dakota Fanning. Kirsten Stewart. Right. And Dakota Fanning. Yes. (laughs) Hymer really has absolutely no idea who these chicks are. but I caught up with them at South by Southwest. Uh, They were doing some press for their movie Runaways, which is based on, you know, Joan Jett, her original girl group. And they are two of the leads. I know that they're in Twilight, and I don't know a whole lot more about them. So we're going to play my segments with Kristen. Yeah. Kristen Stewart. Stewart, My friend Kristen Stewart. (laughs) And Dakota Fanning. And you can hear how great that interview goes and how much they really like my questions. (laughs) This movie found the two of you playing characters who had 
fame kind of thrust upon them at a very early age and sort of dealing with just how wild and unexpected that can be. Was that something either of you were able to relate to in any capacity? I think they sought out their fame so aggressively that it was a completely different thing. It's not like it was thrust upon them at all. It was like such an exciting thing when, you know, I don't know. They make statements. Musicians really are themselves all the time in a public way, and we're not. We're actors. Um, like, we don't make, we don't have, I mean, it's not that we don't have anything to say. We choose movies for a million different reasons, and some of, some of them are because they say things, but not the way music does, not the way you can so directly. And so I think that, I don't know, they could like take more credit for it. I'm sort of like, yeah, this is really cool, I'm really lucky. And they're like, we own this, so. And also like back then, you had to do something really important to become famous, and like that's what you wanted. And now I feel like you can do anything and like become famous, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, a, yeah, it's kind of, it's not embarrassing, yeah. but it's sort of like, it, it's it's not as cool anymore. It's totally not as cool anymore. You play characters who are a bit darker and um, the subject matter is kind of, you know, a, a bit riskier and more dangerous than some of the other projects you've been in. Was it, how was it, you know, being able to play characters who explored some darker and more destructive territory? I feel like every character I've played has been, I mean, in round tables, I'm always asked why I play a disaffected teen all the time, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I'm a teenager and I, I, I like roles that are thought out and interesting and not one-dimensional frame. You might as well just take the character name off and write girl. Right. Like, cute girl, ugly girl, hot girl, you know what I mean? It's like, um... So that's just the way it goes. I, I like stuff that gets you thinking. Yeah, I've just always been drawn to more like intense emotional storylines and characters that are actually going through something that could help someone else and like give. Because I, I feel like all the characters you play, there's someone out there that's just like them. And for this one, you know, there's someone that was on the set. But uh, I just like giving that that person a, a voice that may have not had one before. So, honestly, did I did I bomb or what do you think? Oh no, I think it was fantastic. No, for real. I think though. they got it. <laughs> when I was sitting there, I felt like they didn't get it. Nobody um, gets you. That's true. Least of all not Kristen. Kristen. Kristen Stewart, Stewart and Dakota Fanning <laughs> yeah. of Twilight and Runaways. This has been our 50th Dynasty podcast. It's been a huge show. I want to thank everybody who came up, everyone who's been on the show, Dan Black for the recent interview, Jaguar Love, Kristen Stewart, and Dakota Fanning. The Dark Wave Disco guys are being in the studio hugely. I mean, that's fantastic yeah. to have them up again. And Jacob from The Faint and Depressed Buttons. Fantastic. Fantastic. It is. And welcome back. Thank you. So we're going to have a new podcast in two weeks at the Ministry of the Dynasty dot com for the dynamic dynasty descend <laughs>